0: Welcome to Dear Dual Perspective.
1: I'm Dr. Emma Eaton. I'm a registered clinical
0: psychologist. And I'm Dr. Sarah McFienholz, a policy researcher. So we'll answer your questions from the micro perspective of individual relationship dynamics, based on Emma's clinical training, and the macro perspective of social trends based on Sarah's policy background. You can submit your anonymous questions through the link in the podcast description, and we'll answer one question in each upcoming episode. All right, so today's question is about adult friendships. I just wanted to remind our listeners that this podcast is not therapy and this should not be taken as individualized advice. It's just an advice column. This is for fun, I hope you enjoy it, but please bring up your individual questions with your individual therapist. I'll remind everybody too that these questions are anonymous and actually today we have two of them. We're gonna break our own rules in the first podcast and talk about two questions because they were really similar. Mm -hmm. So the first question was, where's the line between I've reached out over and over without significant response? And if I want people to be my friends, I should reach out more. Why does it feel so bad when you do put in the effort, but still don't get invited to things you thought your friendship qualified for? So that was the first question. And then the second one was, my question is about the topic of relationship hierarchy. I am a fairly social person involved in all kinds of activities and I tend to make friends easily. However, my friendships are all at a lower tier because everyone I meet either has longtime close friends and or a life partner that are higher priorities to them and we only have so much time and energy. I'm at an age where many people are raising young children, so their time is especially limited. I'm not interested in a romantic partnership, so that's off the table, but I'd like to hear your thoughts about how I could develop closer platonic relationships to build the stronger connections that I so greatly desire. I thought these were really great questions because I think we've all been there. So we're both moms to small kids, and I know I feel like I've drifted from a lot of friends over the last five years between babies and the pandemic, um, but also formed tighter connections with some friends, including you. So I wanna hear your thoughts on this one, Emma.
1: I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts as well. Um, So one of the things that came up for me right away when I read this was this concept of tiers of friendship or that kind of commodification um, or like that there are levels and that you're trying to like always level up in your friendships. Um, And it's, it's an interesting one because obviously as humans we're herd animals, we need connection. It's really important to us um, to have that, that strong um, platonic, or, or any kind of connection in our life. Um, and of, there are skills involved in growing your relationships and deepening your relationships. But unfortunately, and maybe I guess uh, a bit annoyingly, um, targeting all of your uh, relationships and connections and, and to try to level up in them all the time is actually probably going to come across a little transparent and will probably undermine the connection that you're looking for.
0: It's kind of like this gamification of the friendship, like if I just dump enough friendship tokens into the friendship machine, better friend will pop
1: out. Yeah, and then I mean obviously that leads to resentment, right? Because you're like I've I've put the effort in, I've paid my friendship tokens. Mm-hmm. So and then that resentment comes up and then, you know, if if you were if you were actually purchasing something, You would move on to the next thing if this was a slot machine you'd move to the next slot machine like yeah um, (laughs) but but that's not what connection's about and so um i i kind of thought that was a really difficult quandary because of course people are looking for connection but when you're going about it in that way that i think we've been taught to go about a lot of things achieving a lot of things that we want it can actually undermine what we're looking for because it can come across a bit like naked or transparent that you're just trying to, um, or like, I could the youth say like a bit thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> the youth. We are so old. <laughs> We're so old. Um, but I've heard that on, on the gram. Oh, so, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that that maybe is something that we can focus on today is like, what are some practical things that actually can it's, it's, there's no quick fixes, but how, how can that work? Uh, what do you think?
0: I liked the, that last bit of that very first question of like, why does it feel so bad when you do put in the effort and don't get invited to things you thought your friendship qualified for? I think that qualification of friendship fits into what you were just saying. Like there's this idea of this commodification or like, I am a top tier to friend, therefore I should get invited to all of your social hangs. Um, but I thought the other piece of this probably fits in from a more kind of societal level is um, social media like and the youths on tiktok they're not on the gram let's be honest but (laughs) no that's why i'm on the gram. yeah because because we're because we're old so we're on instagram that's where you can follow us and this podcast um and basically when you're on instagram and you're hanging out in your pajama pants at home eating you know popcorn on your couch and watching netflix that's fine until you click on instagram stories and you see that four of your best friends are all out for drinks together and you didn't get invited and now you feel terrible Mm -hmm. um and but you like Before social media, you would have never even known that that was a thing. Or even back when Facebook started, you would have found out about three days later when everybody got home with their crappy digital camera and uploaded the pictures onto their computer and then put them on Facebook. So there's this like instantaneous feeling of knowing that you've been left out of something that I think sucks. Like we all don't like feeling left out. And there is actually this whole stream of literature about cyber ostracism and like FOMO scales that come out of social media. And so I think there's Mm -hmm. that element of this kind of societal trend of instant updates on what everyone's doing all the time that are accessible to so many people that previously that would have never been accessible to you. You wouldn't have even known. And I think that can be sort of damaging to our relationships. This idea of, well, I wasn't invited and therefore I'm hurt. That's a very normal feeling. And I think people have always suffered from being left out. Like you said, we're social Mm -hmm. creatures ostracism is supposed to feel bad because we need people to survive. Community mm-hmm. is humanity's social, like superpower. Um, but we didn't always get that feedback about things to in this granular level all the time before social media. So I think that is a kind of social factor that plays into this one.
1: For sure. I also kind of think like there's a bit of a flip here where people like to make plans and then I think maybe it got exacerbated during the pandemic, but I remember it from before. People would make plans and then like, as the plan approached, they would like kind of dread it. And then, oh no. you know, like, <laughs> what have I done? Oh no, now I, have I to,
0: actually have to do this thing. I have to leave my couch and my pajama pants. And
1: see these people, yeah. Um, and so even if people wind up enjoying that or, or not, like I think that there's a, there's a thing also where people are feeling uncomfortable, being in person with people, mm-hmm. even picking up the phone is not a thing that a lot of people do anymore. And yeah. so some of those things partly if you have put in the effort and that was really hard for you, then I can see this being a thing. But I also think that there's a a lot of uh, just like more introverting that's happening now.
0: Yeah. People's like level of sort of people tolerance, I think decreased. I think there might also be a bit of that. I think it was a Groucho Marx quote of like, I would like to, I won't be part of any club that would have me as its member. Mm-hmm. Like there might be a bit of like, I want to be invited, but I also want to be able to say no.
1: Yeah. Or... I think also when people are trying to achieve more and better and comparing themselves all the time, which is another thing that social media does, Um, you know, a lot of people do have great people in their life, but people are trying to break into a different or another social circle. Um, And if you're trying to break into a social circle, I mean, that's not like, you could hear it in the saying, like break Mm -hmm. into it. It it sounds intrusive and that's hard Mm -hmm. and... Maybe it's not the most natural thing.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a good point. And even this idea of like a social circle, I think so many of us build those in um, like university or around that age where you have more free time and you have space to have spontaneous hangouts with people or you just bump into somebody on campus and are like, Hey, you want to go grab a beer? Sure. And those like spontaneous connections, you need a lot of those Mm. to form friendships. And that's well backed up in research. And I think we have so many fewer of those when we're in this more busy phase of our lives, like the, the second writer referenced, having young children and partners and how those are high priorities for folks and take up a lot of their time and space. So you don't have the opportunity to just kind of spontaneously hang out with a friend if you've got to, you know, rush home and get the kids from daycare and get someone to soccer practice. Like it does Mm -hmm. make it more challenging to have those spontaneous moments that you need to build
1: friendships over time. Mm -hmm. Especially if you don't have like a work environment where you're naturally connecting with people or you don't have some other sort of like Extracurricular. I'm making air mm-hmm. quotes with my fingers. Extracurricular activity, mm-hmm. adult extracurricular activity, where you're you are spending a lot of time with these folks. Yeah, yeah. There's it's a
0: controversial article, but there's an article in um, like the social science literature by Robert Putnam called Bowling Alone, where he talks about the decline of bowling leagues in America. It was written in the mid '90s, I think, um, and how people were bowling more, but they were bowling by themselves. They weren't bowling as part of leagues. And he was talking about social capital coming out of the spontaneous connections of bowling leagues and not having an influence on like civic engagement mm. more broadly. And, uh, lots of rebuttals to this piece, but I, I thought of that when we were reading these questions, how if you're busy with kids and you don't have time for that, like regular Friday night where you go do something more, um, like more less structured and more casual or you run into all the same people or A few people go to church now than they did a long time ago. And I think church is one of those examples where you don't really have to bring anything or do anything. You just kind of show up and you run into the same people once a week. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how you feel about organized religion, I think that is a great venue for those spontaneous bump-ins with folks that build those relationships and that more kind of organic connection over time. And I think with the absence of those types of structures, um, you get the problems of these writers are writing in with of like, how do I do this? Because the way that I might have done it a generation ago doesn't exist anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like this is a great time to talk about um, like how we became friends. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> I, something just occurred to me. And so like uh, Sarah and I became friends right after our children were born. They're almost exactly the same age. And we ran into each other at a sort of baby type event. Um, And we realized we lived near to each other. And like
0: literally 10 days postpartum. When she says
1: immediately after having children, she's not kidding. Yeah. um, Yeah. There's like our our stories are really different because of the the haze. Uh, We're not really (laughs) sure what exactly happened. Um, But we, you know, we kind of exchanged phone numbers and i sarah remembers me saying something like oh like we live near to each other we have children and we're besties now <laughs> yeah.
0: i think it was kind of just a recognition though of like oh you're also off work right now at a time that can be super lonely mm. and quite destabilizing from like an identity perspective like new motherhood is very earth-shattering mm. yeah let's um, do a whole other session on that <laughs> yeah we could talk about that in a future episode um but i think yeah it's super destabilizing from like an identity standpoint and also you have a lot of time that's unstructured when a lot of people are working Um, and if you live nearby you're not trying to wrestle a tiny human into a car seat like it was very convenient to be like hey we should hang out now Um, and it made it easy to have that kind of more like hey I'm going for a walk do you want to come because I'm literally going to walk by your house like it makes those types of more casual interactions really easy when you have people that are like living close to you.
1: For sure, I think the other thing that like both of us did maybe accidentally mm-hmm. um, was to say that we really did want to hang out with the other person, especially in the first few months. Like, there's family visiting, your mm-hmm. baby's a bit un- a bit unsettled, a <laughs> understatement bit. of the century. <laughs>
0: <laughs> especially <laughs> your little guy was very unsettled for those yeah, early months. I think, if I remember correctly,
1: I don't remember anything. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But like, yeah, it's it's not always a great time, yeah. but we were kind of intentional about being persistent mm-hmm. about this yeah. for whatever reason. Um, and I think the other thing that you know, kind of just occurred to me is actually we had the time to put into it. Yeah. If we had met each other at like the CGC once we'd both gone back to work, I'm not sure that this would have gone as well.
0: I, actually, I think that's a great point because I was feeling that the other day that I've kind of had a few mom friends that I hung out with a ton while I was on that leave um, that I haven't seen in quite a while um and it's just because everyone's busy and the weekends are so short Mm. so it is hard I think you're right like that that helped a lot and I think also there was kind of an unspoken understanding or maybe it was more articulate than that of like you can say no like if I text you and I'm like hey I'm going for a dog walk would you like to come and it's a really bad time you could be like not today maybe tomorrow and that would be cool Mm. so I think there was also kind of a, a like shared sort of sense of Norms around that relationship of like say no if it's not a good time, Mm. it's cool. I'm not gonna be offended if it doesn't work for like even if it doesn't work for like three weeks. Like sleep regressions happen. We all get it. So I think that that those kinds of things helped. And I think you were right being intentional about the like yes I definitely want to see you. Like let's let's make that
1: happen. It it is nice. It's nice when people like I feel like that was part of what built our friendship was we were both like. I like you and I'd Mm -hmm. like to hang out with you more and we said that yes in in words lots of different words um it may have even been those words it might have been but I think that uh and we were saying this earlier right like that's a nice thing for people to hear like I feel like not just with romantic relationships with friend relationships like it's kind of weird people don't want to say stuff like Mm -hmm. that and people feel like it'll be taken the wrong way but like people just like to hear that you like them
0: totally I mean a it's flattering and b, like it shows you're being really like open about what you want Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that we all need to kind of do a better job of is just asking for what you want in a relationship Mm -hmm. and I think part of this might come from like you said it feels weird we don't really have a really good set of social scripts around friendships as a society like I think That's part of why, um, not that this were contemplated in this episode, but in when you hear people talk about how devastating it is to lose a close friend or to have a kind of friend breakup, we have no social scripts for friend breakups. The social social scripts for a romantic breakup are like very well established. Mm -hmm. Like you call your friend, you're like, my boyfriend just dumped me. The friend is like, I will bring you ice cream and a movie. Stay put. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that is the understood response
1: it's also like there's a way to end a romantic relationship totally like it's bit like it might not be pleasant it might be but Mm -hmm. like both sides understand what's happening yeah
0: (laughs) yes and that's not always the case in friendships like Mm -hmm. a lot of them just end up being these kind of slow fade things by circumstance and so it's hard to tell am I getting a slow fade because people are just busy and it's not a good time or am I getting a slow fade because I said something and nobody told me Mm -hmm. so I think maybe that's the practical takeaway from this and that relates back to these questions is like, if you want to hang out with someone more, tell them. It's a good approach. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I think coming to your Hangouts with a sense that you would like to connect with them and just be in the moment, like enjoying their company rather than trying to figure out, okay, how can I level up or how can I Mm -hmm. be useful in their life? Um, those are all very understandable thoughts about how to do this Uh, it's just not really the way to build like a a really natural connection Mm -hmm. that's not transactional right like I don't do favors for people who are good friends of mine because I expect that I will get favors back I I, you know I help them out because I care about them Um, and if, if you do that kind of thing and then it doesn't, there's no opportunity to have that back or whatever, resentment is gonna kill connection faster than a lot of other things too, mm-hmm. right? So if you're able to kind of match the pace at which relationships build, which is slow, and I'm sorry about that, uh, then you're much more likely, that investment is much more likely to pay off in the mm-hmm. longer term.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that idea of reciprocity rather than transaction is important here and it should feel more organic and natural and it, I mean it, it won't always like there are definitely times where I was like this person is super cool and I want to hang out with them more and I just didn't work out for mm-hmm. any number of reasons like I think that's one thing about kind of the time we've been in with the pandemic and shrinking social circles is I think mm-hmm. I've formed I've definitely had some friends adrift and it's been hard to reconnect but then we've also formed really really tight connections with a smaller group of them which has been kind of cool it's like been a kind of different experience mm-hmm. that might be one of the very few silver linings from COVID is that deepening of relationships in, in our close friend group where we were really intentional about having those conversations about like, are you are in my bubble? Am I in your bubble? Mm. Which I think that's kind of script around that or that like framework for talking about it and having that kind of consent basis in friend relationships kind of didn't exist before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess I hadn't really thought of that, but that is a really good point. The last thing that I wanted to address on this um, is, <clears throat> The, the person in this says like I'm a really social person I'm involved in all kinds of activities I tend to make friends easily I guess my, my question to them would kind of be like okay who are you calling a friend mm. um, and if you're kind of trying to like level up your friends but you're spending like one day a month with 30 people <laughs> each mm. um, it is gonna be hard like it's gonna be slow going and while you're doing that other some of those people are doing like one day a week with someone. Right. Right. And I'm not saying like that you should try to match that pace or do whatever, but like it's with only so much time. um, If you really want to build a better connection with someone, you know, part of that is, is intentionally spending time with that person and maybe not spending time with like 15 Mm -hmm. other people, not because they're not good people, but because if you're trying to build a deeper connection, like that's what it takes.
0: Right. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. And I think that's why it is so easy when you're in, like, universities, mm-hmm. because you have lots of those touch points and you're spending, like, it's intense time with people. And you have
1: a lot of time. And you have so much it's more so time. So much more time than when you have kids.
0: Yeah. I didn't even appreciate that at the time, <laughs> how much time I really had. Um, yeah, I think I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I think those are some really good points. Um And I'm glad we were able to take these two questions that were very similar Mm -hmm. um, and address them together. I hope that the folks that submitted those will find something useful in there for themselves. And I
1: love that there were two very similar questions because it shows how universal this problem is. So like when you're trying to build relationships, know that the other folks are also, even if you feel like they've got people on Uh, other tiers of friendship Um, know that a lot of people are out there looking for this kind of connection so much so that we got two uh, back-to-back questions almost exactly the same so you're really not alone in this totally you're not alone
0: be intentional and Mm -hmm. I guess enjoy
1: yeah enjoy building the connections because that's what really it's about That's it for the
0: latest episode of dear dual perspective we would love to hear from you you can submit your anonymous question for a future episode via the link in the podcast description music for this episode was provided by coma media from pixabay subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on instagram and twitter at dear dual perspective and tune in for the next episode in two weeks thanks for listening